This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. Yes, indeed. Here, here. Yes, it's long overdue. Blue sky, like whoo! Yeah, it's been it's been a rare event. We're pretty excited, and the next few days bode clear blue skies, a nice kind of zero temperature, so not too warm. We're not waking up the gardens yet, but um, beautiful, beautiful days to get outside and enjoy some of the sunshine. Yes, indeed. I was filling out on the Afternoon Express yesterday for Liz West, and, uh, you know, we were looking at the forecast, and it was saying sun right through to Wednesday. So I was no. like, oh, sunny yeah. all week. Nice. That's unusual. It. Or yeah. it's a bit of gray, gray winter. So always puts everybody in a much better mood to have some sunshine. Indeed. Now, we you have an announcement, and yeah. we have a special guest, but let me give the phone numbers out just okay. quickly first to get those calls coming. Uh, 416 Three six zero zero seven forty. That's the Toronto number, or anywhere other than Toronto in the province of Ontario. It's toll free, one eight six six seven forty four seven forty. And do let Ashy know if you are a first time caller, and I will give you your garden wings. And please call often, call early, and one question per call, please. And yeah, don't leave it to the last ten minutes. This <laughs> we get like nine callers in the last ten minutes, and then we have to we can't take everybody. So call yes. early. And okay. get your orchid questions ready because yeah. this is the orchid show. So to I am speak. very excited. We have a special guest who I will introduce momentarily. In the meantime, I know we're itching to get out in the gardens to start getting dirty. Well, we can't do that yet. But we can certainly start thinking about and swapping seeds. Uh, it's, we're into that CD Saturday and CD Sunday time of year. For uh, an event near you, just very simply uh, go to Seeds Canada. And of course, Seeds Canada is just the word seeds-canada.ca. And you'll learn lots there. You'll also can go to the Seeds of Diversity, which again is a, a, a seed swap site. But coming up, uh, Family Day weekend, February the 17th, two CD Saturdays going on that I know of. One is in Niagara, and that'll be from 10 to 3 on February 17th at the Meridian Community Centre in Font Hill. And the Northumberland Master Gardeners are also hosting CD Saturday, February 17th, 11 to 3 at the Masonic Hall 54 Toronto Road in Port Hope. So yeah, that's what's going on in, in the horticultural world I mentioned last week. Don't forget the Agent Court Garden Club coming up February 12th, Zooming from Bermuda and the Burlington Hort Society on, Feb on February 14th, Valentine's Day, again, Zooming at 7 p.m. off to Bangkok and Singapore. Fabulous. But. And if and if I may, I don't make very many announcements, but I did oh. want to mention mm -hmm. that, of course, coming up February, the same weekend, February 16th through 19th, is the Great Backyard Bird Count that happens worldwide. And of course, and if you want any information on that, you can go to birdcount.org. And so mm -hmm. you can be involved. I plan cool. to be involved. Glad you mentioned that. That is a four-day event, and anybody can do it. It's a Friday through to a Monday. You don't even have to go outside. You can no. sit in the window, count birds, count 
species and and numbers quantity and then best part for me funnest part is go to the website and watch the map the world map mm-hmm. as it gets populated by citizen scientists that's who's who's yeah. sending in the data and you just watch them the numbers are coming in the lights are blinking that's it's so super cool yeah i'd love to do it okay so we're going to take a break and then when we come back charlie you're going to introduce our special guest we will be right back with much more including lots on orchids here on the garden show don't change stations just because the weather changes garden tips and advice all year round this is the garden show with charlie dobbin exclusively on zoomer radio yeah, welcome back to the Garden Show on this, my goodness, the 3rd of January, or sorry, 3rd of February, here I am, <laughs> like, but yeah, here we are, the second month of 2024, and February, uh, I think it's fair to say that we start to feel those little indicators of spring coming, things like... The days the or- are getting... Yeah. Well, you sorry, I interrupted you, but yeah, the orchid show, but also days are getting longer. Yeah. Very noticeable. Love it. The, the seed swaps that you're talking about, the orchid shows coming up. And to that end, we have a special guest that I, I was hoping you would uh, you would introduce. Share with you. Yes, Terry Kennedy. She's been a guest before. Terry is the owner with her husband of a very cool company called Orchids in Our Tropics, Our Hobby Gone Wild. So uh, Terry can explain a bit about that to us, but she's a longtime member of the Southern Ontario Orchid Society. She knows everything about orchids, as far as I know, though I don't know if anybody knows everything about orchids, but she knows an awful lot. And uh, she's my go-to when I get stuck with an orchid question. So I want to welcome Terry back to the show. Hi, Terry. Hi, how are you doing? Excellent. You've met Dean before, right? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, We've uh, uh, met sort of virtually on on the phone a few times now. Yeah. Uh, yes, and and talk about days getting longer. I woke up at uh, about 20 after 6 this morning, and it was almost light. I couldn't believe it's, it. Uh, it's, oh, my God, did I sleep in? Oh, no. <laughs> no, it's only 6 Exactly. Early, I thought, it's oh, getting... I'm going to miss my, the, the, the radio show. I know. Yeah. I no, was it's... wondering, I would love to just ask Terry an off-the-cuff question. Terry, may I? Sure. What is your favorite orchid? The one that's in bloom now. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you know, and I bet you, you've got a few so in bloom now getting ready for the big show. Well, yeah, we're getting ready. And, you know, the, a lot of things, it, we've had such a funny winter that a lot of things have bloomed early. And uh, a couple of weeks ago, we were getting quite concerned about what we're going to have for the show. But but mm. you know what? The, these buds keep coming up and, and it's like, wow. <laughs> so it's going to be a really great show, I think. Oh yeah, and so you think the mild temperatures have have made a difference on the indoor growing of orchids? Well, you know the thing is that um, uh, when it's not as cold, there's not as uh, as, m- as much heating going on, even if you're growing in the house, and so it's not as dry. And we really notice that in the greenhouse because when it's really cold, it really gets dry out there. So it's really hard to keep the humidity up. But once, mm-hmm. but when it's not so cold, then the, things are more moderated and it seems to work better. But for some reason, and then uh, we're not the only ones. A lot of the orchid growers are saying that, you know, like a lot of cattleyas have bloomed early. The slippers um, that sort of are just, usually just starting now are well on their way into their season. So there is a, a difference. Maybe it's climate change. I don't know. No, but that's a good point. I think that's a good connection you're making there. So we're keep referring to the show. Can you tell everybody when, where, and what the show is? 
Okay, the show is uh, today's show. It's at the Toronto Botanical Gardens at Leslie and Lawrence. Um, the there actually is event parking for the day. As you know, we now have to pay for parking at the TBG, but there is a uh, one fare. Uh, I think it's like $8 for the day. And in Toronto, that's really good parking um, (laughs) fee. Uh, And that's, you can come and stay for the whole day for that. And the show runs uh, Saturday from, for the general public is from 12 to 5. Now there is uh, something this year, which is new. Uh, People seem to really want to come in first thing because they want the best plants so gets really crowded when the show first opens. So we made a uh, a special time, and we called it the early bird time, which is from 11 to 12. And people pay a spe- uh, you can get tickets for that online. And there's only a hundred people that are going to be allowed in, and they Ooh. get to shop first. So this is something new. And then we have uh, um, the on Sunday the show is open from. Uh, 11 to 5 with photographers from 9 to 11 and that uh, that section is is completely sold out so everybody wow (laughs) the photographer section yeah that's where you're allowed a tripod right that's where you're allowed the tripod otherwise there's just too many people um, you know and tripods take a lot of room and when Mm -hmm. when photographers move tripods around it can get kind of dicey, I find. Yeah, <laughs> so we don't allow dangerous. No, it's and true. Then, and it is a very popular show. So what a great way to get ready for Valentine's Day. This is all next weekend. <clears throat> this is all next weekend. And the other thing is that uh, for those of uh, of your audience that's that are celebrating the Chinese New Year, it's also the mm-hmm. Chinese New Year. So what a greater way to, to celebrate wow. the Chinese New Year, too. The Year of the Dragon. And uh, yeah, orchids, dragon, some of them yeah. are so scary looking. They look like dragons. <laughs> well, well, uh, well, yeah, they are. I, I guess we sh- we need to uh, have something um, d- dragon-like. But some of them, you know, there's so many different shapes, and and some of them look like characters. I know that I have a program where I've collected over the years pictures of flowers that look like different characters and different creatures and um, insects and animals and people. It, and it's really a lot of fun. Faces? No, I know. I've seen like little monkey faces. Oh, it's crazy. Great. Orchids okay, so are we, amazing. Yeah, we just, uh, we are going to, I'm going to give the phone numbers out again. We have to take a break, but mm-hmm. please give us a call. Of course, if you have any gardening question, absolutely. But especially today, if you have an orchid question, because we have Terry Kennedy here, we would love for you to call us. 416-360-0740 or one 740 4740 We will be right back with much more on The Garden Show. Fur and feathers and bugs of all size. There's more going on in the garden than you realize. Should small creatures become a big problem, then you've got The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Exclusively on Zoomer Radio. Yes, indeed, this is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Uh, Charlie, let's go to our first caller. We have Sharon calling from West Lorne. Welcome to The Garden Show, Sharon. Good morning, Dean. Good morning, Charlie. Uh, What I'm calling for is... um, Holly branches. I got, uh, somebody gave me, or a person gave me, um, two holly branches uh, just before Christmas, and I've got had one up on top of the uh, mantle and one in the um, hallway over uh, uh, mirror and whatever and that too. Now they've dried up, 
Um, the, the leaves have dried up, and the berries, of course, have dried up at this time of the year. Um, and I was wondering, can I plant the berries? Oh, good question. Uh, you know what? So the person who gave you the holly, was that out of their garden? I don't, I don't think so. No, um, a lady gave them to me and whatever and that too. She, well, I met her in town and whatever. And, um, Mm. she asked me if I wanted some or would like some. So I, okay. No, the reason I'm asking is I'm just wondering if it's locally grown holly and whether you could grow from seed. Hmm. If it's locally grown, which it probably is, uh, it is very likely a cultivar or a cultivated variety, which means even if you could get the seeds to germinate and grow, you may not get the same plant that you're hoping for. And sometimes the seeds are sterile in uh, fruits of holly. I have honestly, like, think about it. People who have holly in their garden. Have you ever seen holly plants coming up around in the garden from the mother plants? No, no. I have seen, I have seen um, or have somebody that, that I know and that too did have Mm-hmm. Um, uh, plant and whatever of the holly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Is, uh, yeah. So off the top of my head, I would say probably not, but let me look into it a tiny bit further and I'll see if I can give you a, an update before we're, we're done with the show today. So keep listening. In the meantime, uh, put those, I'd keep those branches, I'd put them outside just because if they're going to grow, you're going to probably, well, okay, so forget it. They're probably in the house now. Keep them in the house. Keep listening in the next 45 minutes. I'll see if what kind of answer I can come up with. Yeah. Okay. 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 Thanks so much, Sharon. Thanks. I'll listen. Thank you very much. Yeah. Thanks. Have a great day. Okay. Let's go to our next caller. We have Mary in uh, the Niagara region. Uh, Welcome to the garden show, Mary. Yeah, good morning. Good morning. I just got two quick questions. And uh, the first one is, I planted garlic the end of October, and it hasn't, nothing's come up yet. Is that unusual or is that bad? No, no, it's good. Okay. No, no. You want it to be under the ground for the winter. It will start to poke up once spring starts, and you'll let it grow all spring right through to mid to late summer once Two-thirds of the leaves have turned yellow, which usually happens about the end of July sometime, middle of July. Once two-thirds of the leaves are yellow, you'll harvest. But for now, it's good. It's dormant. It's underground. But when you planted it, it started growing roots, and it's probably very happy and excited about the coming spring. Okay, thank you. And the other one is um, I want to improve my soil and my vegetable garden. Uh, Dean? What, what could I, what Mary, could I Mary, we, I'm sorry, we only allow one question. I have to be the police oh. officer now. So you'll have to call back okay. if you have another question because we have some other people on the line. Okay? Okay. okay. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you very Thank much. You. No problem. Thank call you. again. Call again. Okay. Don't hesitate. And yeah, no, not a problem. Okay, and now we're going to go to Dunville. We've got Margaret on the line. Welcome to the Garden Show, Margaret. Thank you. Hi. Um, Hi. I had a question about an oncinium orchid because mm-hmm. I can't get it to flower. My other well, one's you flower, but this ca- one calling won't. at the right time for this information. <laughs> uh, oh well, oncidiums uh, are called the dancing ladies. Uh, now, are the other orchids that you're blooming? Are they uh, the Phalaenopsis type? The, the yes, they are. Okay, so maybe what's happening is that your oncidium is not getting enough light, because uh, uh, the oncidiums are actually quite high light. Um, Plants much higher light than than your Phalaenopsis, and if you have uh, 
place where it can be closer to the window or a place where your geranium blooms in the in the in the in the winter that's where you want to grow it so that it gets this extra light okay because it's <clears throat> sorry excuse me it's in my east window so would it need like i have a west window or south well the thing is that uh each window uh is different because it depends what's outside the window so that um so it's the one that's going to give you the brightest light is the one that that you want to uh grow it in and the other thing that you could do is in the summertime once the you know once we're past frost and you can get it used to being outside it will actually be very happy to be on a sort of a uh a deck or a a, pl- a gazebo where it gets morning sunlight and then that will beef it up and then it'll bloom when once that new new growth gets to be really strong. Okay, so like if I have I have a sunroom that's on the west side of the house. Yeah, yeah, you would probably be very happy there. And also um is is it producing nice big pseudobulbs? It has it has some pseudobulbs. It's got tons of white roots coming out. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, it's been a while since you've repotted it. I have repotted it once. I've had this probably four or five years, and I okay. just never seem to be able to get it to flower. Okay, so uh, what I would do is change your fertilizer to one that is a low first number. So if we want to decrease the, uh, the nitrogen, uh, I would give it more light and make sure that, y- you know, you water it regularly, uh, and I think that you will get it to bloom. Yeah, now it's it's in moss because that's what I read that it should be potted in. Well, we find that moss is maybe a little bit too wet for for oncidiums. Although in the house it might work very well. Um, a lot of times uh, we actually grow our the phalaenopsis in the moss, but not the oncidium so much. What we do is a mix with with bark. So you get more drainage because the oncidiums want to dry a little bit more between waterings than phalaenopsis do. Phalaenopsis like to be evenly moist, saying they don't like to dry, but the oncidiums actually like to get dry before you uh, water again. Okay, because I have my phalaenopsis in bark. Oh, so (laughs) you're doing the opposite. Seem to be doing (laughs) fine because I got one in flower right now. I I have the same thing. I have different orchids in different media, and that was one of my questions for Terry. Because, and it also depends on the pot. Like I'm using yes. clay pots generally, but I just repotted an oncidium into a actual orchid pot, so it's got the extra drainage or extra holes on the side of the pot, not just at the bottom. And I used moss, and I'm just worried that it's drying out too fast in the clay pot with all those extra. Airy ways for it to to lose its moisture of surface and through the holes. Well, that's the the issue with the, those um, the uh, orchid pots. They're great, uh, and actually, <laughs> when you all you have to do is water more often, uh, mm. and they they like that. I know we one of our growers was an expert grower. She claims that she just keeps putting in more. More, she uses plastic pots, but she keeps putting more and more holes in, and she claims the more holes <laughs> there is, the better. You have to yeah. remember that orchids actually are uh, mostly grow on trees. So mm-hmm. in nature, their uh, their roots are exposed, so and they get you know watered or or misted uh, by dew every every day. 
So they get wet and dry. They go through the cycle um, quite often. What we're yeah. trying to do is water once a week or every once uh, 10 days at, yeah. and keep them wet that long. This is not exactly what Normal. they want. So no, no, that's a good point. And that's the other point is people will often question here on the show, what about all those ugly roots that are growing out of my orchid? <laughs> you know, they're all, they look like, you know, spiders or an octopus and all this other stuff. Can I cut them off? And I'm like, no. no. So no, yeah, Terry, tell us off. a bit about the roots and how orchids want to grow naturally. Well, it was, yeah, because if you think about it, um, if you go to the, to the jungle and, and you look for orchids, they're growing on a, on a branch. So the roots are all exposed. They're all, uh, you know, really uh, very uh, much attached to the to the branch, to the bark. And you'll see some orchids actually grown on bark or on different media, uh, and they're mounted. They're not even potted. But those mm-hmm. ones have to be watered every day. Uh, and a lot of, and if you can water them every day, can, if you can keep up the humidity, that's the way they're happiest. So that's that's what you're striving for is to keep the humidity up, but you want a little bit of dryness in between. Hey, good advice. And if you're really, really into this, like some of the people I've noticed on the Internet, you have your own room set aside in your house for your orchids. And you call it your orchid room. And it's got the high humidity and the right temperature and the right lights and everything else. So, yeah, interesting. Wow. Thank, Listen, you. Thank you. Yeah, Margaret, thanks for the call so much. And good luck with your uh, orchids. And thanks for bringing up the topic of mediums. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And uh, so we're going to go to our next caller. We have... Um, we have Mary on the line, and uh, Mary is calling from Toronto. Welcome to the Garden Show, Mary. Thank you, and hello to all of you. Now, you mentioned obsidian. Mine, I guess, is Phalaenopsis. I have one of the small ones, you know, that you buy in shoppers yeah, or anywhere. Mm-hmm. And my niece also gave me one that stopped blooming. A friend gave it to her. She didn't know the color, but in a six-inch pot. That one's about a year old or more, but my Phalaenopsis or whatever... I guess it's about three years old. Now, will they ever bloom again? And my place has got very good humidity. It's usually at 65. The range is, what, 55 to 80. Uh, wow. I'm in a small house. The, uh, I have a south-facing window. It's on the t- dining room table that's in front of the sliding doors. So there's plenty of light. And... Um, it gets dappled sunlight in the summer. So I'm wondering, um, I went to buy more orchid soil because the original one has not, you know, it's in one of those teeny tiny pots, mm-hmm. but it's a big bag. And this is like, you know, the little wee pots, what, two and a half, <laughs> three inches across. Uh-huh. And, and the other ones say, well, I don't need that. So I have cactus soil because I have crowns of sorens. Other than if I can get to Home Depot or somewhere, is there any other type of soil or what can I do to see if either one will rebloom? And of course, I've already bought another one that's blooming. <laughs> oh, yes, you can't resist those. And when you <laughs> see a bunch of them and when you get into a store, it's really hard to walk by them. Uh, well, the thing is that uh, what, is, what it is probably, and now, first question, has it put out new leaves? Oh, the leaves keep coming, yes. Okay, well, then that's Even the teeny-weeny one had little leaves, they keep coming, yes. Yeah, well, that's good. What's happening is that your your plant is is too happy. 
Oh. Okay. Uh, yes, because in order to bloom uh, and with Phalaenopsis, this is particularly well with all orchids. If you think about it, when they're where they're growing, no matter where we are in the world, in in whether it's our garden or uh, the rainforest or wherever, you always get a, a marked drop in temperature at at night. Oh, I lower mine to about sixty. I can't sleep. I live in an apartment where I was lucky if I got 60 degrees. So at night, it's very cool. I lower the cool. temperature to 60. Oh, well, then it is cool. So that so that's that's yeah. a good thing. Well, maybe you can put the uh, plant a little bit closer to the window so it, it feels that difference in temperature even more. I could put it upstairs uh, where my geraniums are. That's this south-facing window. It gets the sunlight from early morning until late afternoon. Yeah, yeah, that would work. Now, what what are you feeding it? Every so often, I have a calendar. I got my niece to print me one. I check it, and I either water them every 10 or 14 days. And I think I was doing once a month, I bought orchid fertilizer, or the odd time if I didn't have it mixed, I used the 20-20-20. Um, yeah, well, the other thing is that you can do is... is uh, um, actually lower well the orchid fertilizer some of the orchid fertilizers have a high first number it's in that square i can't remember the make now it's a very small square bottle it's a well-known brand yeah this is schultz i think uh, they're drops no it's no? the blue powder like 202020. 20. oh okay well what you need is is a, a bloom fertilizer um well, i've got a one. 50 uh you know for my other blooms well, try that on your orchids. Only use it at half strength. Okay. And how often? Uh, well, you can do it every two weeks. The, the plants oh. are starting to grow. The, 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 uh, uh, the, it, every two weeks is, is a good time. You want a, a very light fertilizer, but you want it constant. Okay. Um, now, what and, about uh, soil? Uh, other than the orchid soil, I, I mean, I, don't, I wouldn't know what to do with the big, big bag. Like, it's 1.5 kilograms. And it's only that, a six-inch pot and a teeny tiny <laughs> pot. Well, there are. Um, I mean, I uh, I know Sheridan sells some fairly small uh, bags, uh, and that uh, that sounds like mm. a really big bag. I, I'm sure that there's other ones available. Um, mm. Some of your nurseries have them. If you come to the uh, orchid show, didn't I hear that you're in Toronto? Yes, mm. I am. Well, you can pick up yeah. a much smaller bag there. Yeah, I was thinking I might, I don't have a car, but I think I might try to arrange that. Actually, I'm housebound after surgery, so I'm not supposed to go out. That's the problem. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Well, maybe next week, because, you know, Terry's right. The show is so worth going to. You will be blown, your socks will be blown right off because of the fragrance and the beautiful blooms and lots of cool stuff for sale, like the media, the pots, the plants, little plants, it's big plants. It's amazing. It's a really, really worthwhile show. Okay, listen, Mary, thank you for your question. Uh, we do have to go to a break, but we would like uh, for you to give us a call, 416-360-0740 or 1-866-740-4740. We'll be right back with much more on The Garden Show. Daffodils and daisies, bluebells and begonias, forsythia and foxgloves, marigolds, magnolia, lavender and lupins, dahlias, delphiniums, stalks, fox, hollyhocks, tulips and sweet williams. You've picked the right place for everything floral. This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio. 
Yes, indeed, we are back here on The Garden Show, and I couldn't help but notice, but in that uh, beautiful theme music that we have that lists all those flowers, we're not talking about any of them today, because we're talking about <laughs> orchids. It's very exciting. Uh, we have, of course, the uh, the Orchid Show is coming up, Orchid Show and Sale, uh, put on by the Southern Ontario Orchid Society, and uh, on their website, it has a countdown, an active countdown, one week, two hours, 16 minutes, and right now, 22 <laughs> seconds to go. It's very exciting, and the theme is... Be My Valentine. We have Terry Kennedy on the show with us this week. Isn't that right, Charlie? Yes, we do. And I'm glad Terry's here because she knows everything about orchids. And I'm glad some people are calling with orchid questions. So keep it up. Yeah. Now, Terry, um, I I was telling you off the air that I'm I find them a bit intimidating. And so is are there are there, are there things for people like me who are intimidated to get into this? Oh, definitely. We have uh, four lectures each afternoon, and they're all about getting started with orchids. Uh, we cover uh, repotting orchids. There is one uh, very exotic uh, talk that talks about the Chinese uh, cymbidiums or uh, Asian cymbidiums, which is a very small part of the, the orchid world, but very fascinating. But most of the, the, the presentations are all about uh, giving you confidence and and giving you the the you know the impetus to to get a plant and to grow it because they really are very rewarding and they'll bloom every year and many of the flowers last for a very very long time. Mm-hmm. So, I have to say know. the orchid that I have presently upstairs, which has done very well, and uh, it, it you're right, the blooms just last for weeks and weeks and it, so, I, months it's, sometimes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's been doing yeah, really and well. Thing, and, okay, and our number we, to sorry, go sorry. ahead, Terry. Uh, and the thing is that uh, we, us orchidists, uh, be- firmly believe that once you've rebloomed an orchid, you're hooked for life. <laughs> I believe <laughs> it. I believe it's it. True. It's like amaryllis. Everybody's yeah. a horticulturalist. Yeah. If you can grow something and it actually gives back an amazing flower, that's it. That's it. You've caught the bug. Yeah, you're hooked. <laughs> you've got the bug. Okay, the number right. is four one six three six zero zero seven forty or one eight six six seven forty four seven forty. We're going to go to our next caller. We have Rick on the line from Mississauga. And Rick, I understand you are a first time caller. Is that correct? I am indeed. Okay. Well, I'm going to give you. Your garden wings. Welcome to the show. Welcome to the show. Now if I can just learn to fly with those garden wings. By the way, I enjoy your show very much. Uh, we listen every week. Um, I have a question for Terry. Uh, I'm by no means an orchid expert. I do have a bunch of orchids in a north-facing window. I have about uh, 10 of them. And nicely, about eight of them are flowering, which is amazing. I, uh, went to sh- yeah, I went to share. Sheridan uh, recently and uh, was uh, struck by a dendrobian um, orchid, which I ended up buying. And it's, of course, very different looking than all my other orchids. It's a thick, striped uh, stem. Um, mm-hmm. What my question is, is do they need any special care? I'm used to when a stem dries, I might cut it down to just above one of the nodes to propagate the, the orchid into a, you know flowering again. Maybe that's not even the right thing to do, but I okay. have so much doing it. The, the so, dendro- you are breaking up, but I, I but I I can tell you about a little bit about the, the dendrobium. The okay. dendrobium is a is a very different family of orchids from your phalaenopsis. Uh, it requires much more light, and it it is it will not bloom unless it gets a, a, a change in temperature. And the other thing about dendrobiums are that they have to go through a rest period. 
the the stem that that is in bloom is last year's stem. Uh, there should be a new stem starting. It may not have started yet, but it will start, and it will produce a new uh, a new cane. That we call those canes. They're they're pseudobulbs, but we call them canes. Okay. And then uh, with leaves. Uh, now, does the cane that's flowering does it have leaves on it? Uh, yes, it does. I'm sorry, I can't. She said. Uh, he oh, said yes. Breaking breaking yes. up. Yes, it does. Uh, it does have leaves on it. I, I'm not getting. <laughs> I can't hear. Terry, what, Terry, can yes. you hear me? I can hear you. Yes. Okay. So you know what, Rick? Why don't you hang up since Terry can't hear you, but you can keep listening. And Terry, okay. he said yes. He said it, the the current flowering cane does have leaves. Okay. So it, it has that's fine. Um, but it actually flowers on the old growth, and it and actually uh, flower on the growth that's flowering now. So. As the new growth uh, appears, what you want to do is, is water it and grow it. More, give it as much light as you can, uh, even getting it outside in the summertime. And then uh, about, oh, about mid-November, end of November, really cut back on the water. Keep it in the bright light and just give it enough water to keep it, uh, to keep it from dehydrating. And then okay. it will start uh, putting a buds out at the after Christmas, okay. and then you start watering again. All right. That's excellent. Wow. Okay. I, I wouldn't have necessarily have done that. I appreciate I'm your help. a real there. problem with the connection. Oh, yeah. I'm sorry. Okay. Yeah, thank thanks, you. Yeah. Yeah, thanks, yeah, thanks for the call, Rick. Hearing. And, uh, yeah, great information. I would have had no idea there'd be such a – that's a huge difference. <sighs> yeah, no yeah. kidding. Whole different right. species, though, too. For sure. Okay, we're going to go to our next break. Uh, we have callers on the line. We'll be right back with much more on The Garden Show. Don't change stations just because the weather changes. Garden tips and advice all year round. This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio. Yes, indeed, we are back here on The Garden Show. And, Charlie, uh, you wanted to do a quick update on the Holly situation, yes, before we um, moved on? Exactly. You know me. I always have homework. So in this yes. case, it goes back to our first caller. Sharon was wondering about trying to propagate Holly plants from the Holly branches with fruit on them that have been in her house for the last month or so. Um I, honestly, it probably won't work now, Sharon, just because they're probably pretty withered up and dried out now. Holly seeds are not hard, or sorry, not easy to germinate, and they can take years to uh, months to germinate and years to grow. But if you want to try, um, first off, you're going to have to get the seeds off the branches. Then you're going to have to, with your fingers, break off what will probably be the wrinkled outer skin and inside, or you'll find about four seeds. Once you find those four seeds, put those into some moist, on the surface of some moist, soilless potting medium and and give first you know give them a rinse you're gonna have to probably rehydrate those seeds to some extent so maybe just soak them for an hour or so in cold water um, plant them just on, just below the surface of some soilless potting media um, and now you've got to chill them down I would probably take them you know what I'd probably do I take a ziploc bag moist potting mix sterile potting mix throw the seeds in zip it up 
put it in your crisper in your fridge and let them sit there for a couple of months. They, they need winter. And so give them their cold winter in your fridge. By um, three or four months from now, keep an eye on them. They should germinate in those bags. And then you're in a position to plant them up. And you, they'll go outside, of course, once we're frost free. Sweet. Okay. Uh, before we go on to our next caller, um, I did want to mention, uh, we want to mention, that uh, you'll be away next week and the week after, so this episode will rebroadcast, yes? That's right. So for anybody who's wanting to listen again, listen live or listen next Saturday at 9, also, of course, podcast on AM740. And yes, I will be away. I'm going to Curaçao. Curaçao is one of the ABC islands, own part of the Netherlands Antilles. Aruba, Bonaire, and Curaçao, very close to Venezuela. I think we can kind of see Venezuela almost from where we're going to be. But, uh, yeah, looking forward to some skin diving and uh, botanical gardens uh, visiting and all kinds of cool stuff. Sweet. Okay, let's go to our next caller. Uh, We have Kathy on the line, and she's calling from Otterville. Welcome to the Garden Show, Kathy. Thank you. Hey. What do you you got? Who do you want? You want to chat with Terry? Yes. (laughs) <laughs> okay, what, she's on the line. What is your question, Kathy? My question is, I have a very small orchid. I went to the Hamilton Orchid Show before COVID, went to a seminar about repotting, so I got all that straight, and it's it was almost dead. I got it back. It's got three little leaves, but no flower yet. It's a very small, small variety, and my sister raises orchids in Florida, and we water, we argue at our watering technique. <laughs> <laughs> she puts them in the sink, fills it up with water, lets the drain out, and lets them sit there once a week. And I worry that I shouldn't be using, like, Otterville water that's chlorinated <laughs> on my little orchid. Well, there, there's two ways of looking at it. The, the chlorination really doesn't bother it. Uh, bother plants or orchids really because there's not it doesn't bother you it doesn't bother your orchids what you don't want to use is softened water because it has a lot of salts in it so if your water is softened then you do not want to use that water because it's not good for you either you you, uh, i hope you're not drinking it because it's very high in salt but um but with the usually the city water is fine we use well water what you want to do when you water, the only thing that's really, really important is that you water thoroughly, that you actually flood the pot, and whether you pour it through, till the, the, you know, pour enough water through so that you know, the water comes up to the top of the pot and then runs out, or you soak it from the bottom and then let it run back out. But you do have to um, flood the pot. And the, um, oftentimes leaving the water out at room, uh, in the room to supposedly get rid of chlorine, it really doesn't get rid of the chlorine. What it does is it bring the te- water to the room temperature. And the plants really prefer that. So, you know, if you if you use really cold water, it's not good for them. If it's too warm, it's not good for them. But if it's been sitting on the counter overnight, then it's the same temperature as the as as the room and as the plant and the plant is very happy with that water so both of you are right (laughs) okay (laughs) hey so that's terry that actually brings up the question of the ice cubes when we talk about water temperature oh Oh, boy (laughs) (laughs) well my answer to the ice cube is uh these are tropical plants 
um, how would you like to have ice put on your toes once a week? I'm <laughs> not. Uh huh. Um, and you know, in in nature, where would they get ice? Um, I mean, so where do you figure that that nonsense came from, Terry? <laughs> Pardon? Where do you figure that nonsense came from? Well, well, uh, I first saw it from uh, TD Florist. Uh, we were members of the uh, of the organization years ago, and this article came out in one of their newsletters that this is the way to water uh, orchids. I guess the other problem is what size of of, of ice cube? Um, (laughs) I mean, think about it. How many different ice cube trays have you seen? It's absurd. And so this makes no sense at all. So by, and the thing is, the problem is that people do succeed with this for whatever Mm. reason, they just get all, every, all these stars line up just right. And it works, but eventually the roots will die because they're, they're not meant to be ice cold. Ice is at zero t- degrees. That's way too cold for any tropical plant. Yeah, for and sure. So I think it's the, the idea of the slow watering. When it's ice yeah. cubes, it slowly melts and, and um, you know, gravity takes the water down through the media. And I think that's where the success part comes in. But, of course, the temperature is all wrong. Yeah, and well, the thing okay. is that, uh, it, and that's, it, I think part of that was to alleviate the fact that, you know, when you water, um, your house plants, you have a watering can and you just pour a little bit of water on the one, uh, you know, in, in the pot. And if it's soil, it, it, the water spreads out over the whole soil. But because orchids grow in a, in a porous medium, if you pour water in one side of the pot, it just runs through. Yeah, poof, so, yeah, into the saucer. So the rest yeah. of the pot is, is still dry. So this right. is part of it, I think. Yeah, right. yeah okay. I'm, I'm. I learned from Terry to immerse my pots into the sink or a pail of room temperature water. Gotcha. Thanks very much for the call, there, Kathy. I have to run to the next caller because we are quickly running out of time. I want to go to Mary in Toronto. Welcome to the Garden Show, Mary. Hi. I just want to know when I repot, especially the teeny tiny orchid and the big one, they have a lot of roots. How do I repot it? They're all roots. <laughs> roots are good. Without roots, you won't have, have plants. You won't have flowers. Having lots of roots is really good. So when you repot, if you soak the plant for for you know, for maybe ten minutes or so, those roots will get quite pliable. And very gently, you can sort of uh, uh, work them down, you know, towards the bottom of the plant. And when you put it in the new pot, which should be just no more than one size above, I wouldn't go much more than a six-inch pot for for a. Uh, a phalaenopsis but for the teeny tiny one you might want to go to the next size up but what you do is sort of twist the roots very gently you can cut them back uh, if they're really really long you can cut them back to oh about uh, eight or ten inches but then you turn the rest of them into into the pot just very gently so that they're going around the outside of the pot and then fill it with with medium Thank you okay, very thanks, much. Mary. We have to run because we're very close to show's end. I want to get yeah. in this last caller. We're going to Susan in Burlington. Welcome to the Garden Show, Susan. Hello. Thank you for fitting my call in. I will be quick. I have an orchid that I've had for a couple of years, and uh, about nine months ago, after it has had one set of blooms, put up another um, green stem, and it's got like little 
nodules on the end, but nothing else is happening. And <clears throat> I'm wondering, uh, is it ever going to do anything? Can I encourage it somehow? <laughs> <laughs> um, no, th- these nodules—they're—they're they're not buds. They don't look like buds. Uh, no, like they're—they're uh, they're slightly swollen on the tip and then to a point, but they're not fattening at all or anything. They're just sitting there. Oh, this sounds pretty strange. Um, now, <laughs> sounds like it a could stubborn be, opsis uh, to me. Pardon? Sounds like a stubborn opsis to me. Yeah, stubborn opsis. Yeah, yeah. Actually, this is a good good name for some of these things. They do have a mind of their own. Um, if it's a green stem, um, and you're sure it's a stem, not a root. It's a very healthy looking green stem. Okay, it may be. It may be uh, doing something like putting starting a, a new plantlet there. Um, then you'll have a, a baby plant to plant up, which you can take off the stem. Once it has, uh, uh, you know, sort of uh, two-inch roots, you can take it off and pot up a new, ste- a new stem. Uh, I'm not sure why it's doing it. Some some Philanopsis do it. Some don't. Um, it may be that the I would check the roots on your plant to make sure that they haven't uh, – you know, gotten the the median hasn't gotten really soggy, and the roots have started to die off. And the plant is basically trying to save itself by putting a plant outside of the pot. Um, I would check the roots to see what they're like, and then I would just be patient with orchids. Yeah, orchids teach you patience and perseverance. I was going to say good advice, but I think at the end of the day, it's all about patience with this one. Thanks so for the th- call there, Susan. Thanks, Susan. Yeah. And, and I think thanks, the other Terry. good advice would be to go to the orchid show. Yeah. Yeah. If you can. Can, uh, b- put it in a bag and, and bring it to the orchid show and ask somebody. <laughs> or the, uh, if you're in Burlington, the, the, there's an orchid society that meets at the RBG. And uh, take it to one of their meetings and get somebody to take a look at it. You know, it's always easier for the doctor to, uh, to uh, you know, diagnose when they see the patient. You're telling me. I've been doing this radio for a lot of years. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, what? You got what? <laughs> yeah, send me a picture. <laughs> a, a good photo can make a difference too, right, David? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So listen, thank you. Thank you so much for giving us all this time and all your expertise. What a what a gift. Best of luck next weekend. I think it's going to be another great show. So yeah, fingers crossed you're going to win lots of awards. I know you're probably competing or judging or doing something oh, yeah, at the all, show. So. All of the above. <laughs> all of the above. I, I'm not, not surprised. Plus you're a vendor, so you'll be selling you. I imagine your husband will be, uh, and I know your kids help you out as well. You'll be, they'll be there selling orchids and offering lots of great free advice. So um, yeah, good luck uh, with all of that. And thanks again for joining us. Yeah, and and Dean will will see you at the show, and and yes. just let the ladies at the at the desk know, and uh, they'll track me down. Fabulous! I'm looking forward to meeting you, and so looking forward to being there. Okay, see you yeah, then. Get ready, bye for now. Happy Valentine's Day. Yeah, Dean, get ready to have your socks knocked off. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna have to put sock garters on because otherwise they'll I'll yeah, be walking right. around in bare feet. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Well, it was, the weather and, is and not, also, it was supposed to be good, so so um, yeah. so it should oh, be. A, be it, if we get a day busy. like today, we're 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 home free. 
Oh, totally. And you know what? Is the Montreal Botanical Gardens there again? Well, I should look on the website here because they always do a great. It's displayed. We have sixteen. We have sixteen vendors, and then another, I think, ten societies that are are uh, exhibiting. So there's going to be lots and lots of flowers. Oh, yeah, yeah. Sharpen your elbows so you can get through the crowd. It's going to be really crazy packed. (laughs) Fun, though. Thanks again, Terry. Thanks, Dean. This has been fun. Ashy, it's been great. I'll see you, everybody, in three weeks. And next week, we'll rebroadcast this show. So everybody, take care. Enjoy the sunshine. This has been an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.